This is the Assumption Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. The dawn breaks, mercies arise. Assumption Church is a Roman Catholic community under the care of the Franciscan Friars Conventual of Our Lady of Angels Province. It is a community of faith which is active in service and its ministries bring the gospel message of peace, reconciliation, and love to Syracuse and all of central New York. Your glory here among us, great is our Salt and light. We got to appreciate being in Syracuse, the shout out from, from our Lord about the salt, huh? <laughs> it's good to be in Salt City and it's good to be with you all today. Thanks for coming. Salt. We use it in many things, and ultimately, we actually depend on salt to live. If we don't have salt, we can't retain water properly. We, our systems get all messed up. I know this especially because I have a tendency to overestimate my ability to endure heat. And so I found myself in a hospital bed because I was dehydrated at three separate times in my life. Not fun. But salt is so useful in so many ways. Now, one thing that kind of catches my attention here in this gospel is that Jesus definitely didn't live where we live. Because he says, well, if salt loses its flavor, what use is it? You just throw it away, you trample on it. I'm thinking exactly, and it keeps you from falling and dying when it's so cold that, there's, that everything is frozen. So we use salt here probably more on the roads than we ever do on the table or in, in our food. But throughout history, certainly salt has been used not only to flavor, but also to preserve. It's a very useful substance. But for each of those uses, we can say we can draw analogies to our call as Christians, especially in terms of flavoring and adding something special and adding some extra life to a world that needs God, to a world that needs the love that Christ brings to our hearts. It flavors the soup or the casserole, whatever you might want to call it, of, of our world. It needs the salt of God's love to add that vitality, that life. Also in terms of a preservative. Now in the old days, they used to store meat in barrels of salt because it could keep it for much longer. In a sense, we also preserve, we protect our society. We help to enable it to be sustained through difficult times. As Christians, this is part of our call. And certainly in terms of you know, what we throw on the ground, we want to help people stay on the road, so to speak, to stay on the path of goodness and love, to stay in the gospel way, to keep that ice from freezing our minds and hearts from becoming so cold. This world can become so cold in a, in a metaphorical sense, and literally as we found out the last couple days, huh? My goodness, that wind was terrible. But the world can become a cold place. It needs things, it needs forces that can work against that chilling, freezing power and instead help to bring that flavor. And then Jesus goes from the metaphor of salt to that of light. Certainly, we all depend on this. Our world depends on light to be able to see, to be able to navigate, to function. But sometimes our world doesn't seem so bright. Again, symbolically speaking here, but 
Now, if you turn on the news or open up any news website or a social media feed, and you see all sorts of terrible things happening in the world, you see people starving, you see war going on, you see these creepy spy balloons floating over your country wondering what the heck is going on, where is the light in the darkness? In the midst of terrible suffering, atheists use the problem of evil, they call it, as an argument against the existence of God. They say, if God is so good, if there's really a good God, why do all these bad things happen to good people? Why is there such tragedy and pain in our life? Many, and I, I would include myself in this, would say that's probably the best argument the atheists have in a sense that it's compelling and it's, some, it's a reality that is hard. No matter how you look at it, it's tough to reconcile a good God with suffering in life. But to those that would make that argument, we could respond, all right, but what about the problem of goodness? What about the problem of mercy, of sacrifice, of love? As much as we can think of examples of bad things happening, I know every person in this church today can think about situations where you've witnessed love that didn't make sense, where you've witnessed someone doing something kind that they didn't have to do, where you've witnessed self-sacrifice or maybe received the benefit of someone's sacrificial love in a way that they didn't have to offer you, but they did anyway, in a way that didn't benefit them in any visible way. We see examples down through history. Many of the saints of the church, for example, Mother Teresa, classic, you know, in the midst of the most crushing, horrible poverty and destitution, her love brought so much light, brought so much hope to the point that people from every nation of the world drew hope and inspiration from her example, from the light that she showed. Now, we can take a lesson from this in understanding that as Christians, if we see a situation that is dark and broken, if we see someone stuck in the depths of suffering, we don't just look at that and say, oh, that's terrible. God, how could you? We look at that and we hear in our hearts God's nudge. Hey, you're up. Do something. We might feel like, I can't do anything. What can I do about people dying in Ukraine? Certainly, if we take a moment to think, there are ways to reflect the light of God in those situations, to pray for those on both sides of the conflict. Through this light of Christ, we see clearly that even those that are enemies are still brothers and sisters. We pray. We do what we can to offer support from a distance or if we have the chance in our own local communities to perhaps welcome refugees. There are so many things that we can do for any given situation, down to even levels in our own homes. Perhaps a relative is suffering with illness. We can be present to them. We can bring the light there. If you don't see light somewhere, bring the light there in some way. If you can't think of how to do it, ask, Lord, teach me. How can I bring light to the darkness in this situation, in this dynamic, in this relationship, in this city, in this neighborhood, 
in this nation? How could I bring light when it seems like the extremes of polarizing tribalism are getting worse and worse in our country, in politics, even in the church sometimes? But this light is not ultimately ours, so to speak. The good news is it is truly the light of Jesus that comes alive in us and is shared through us. It's not all on us. On our own, we can't do it. We can't fix the problems. We can't bring the light. But that's why we're here today. We're here coming to this altar to receive the living presence of our Lord Jesus that gives us the light, the fuel for the fire of love in our hearts that we need so that we can go and bring the light to those in darkness. The last lines of the gospel, very important. We are the light of the world. People need to be able to see our good deeds and do what? Not glorify us. I don't go and do good just so that people can see me doing good and get my face in the newspaper, get an award, get a certificate of, or something. We do this in such a way that they can glorify our Father in heaven, that I don't seek glory or recognition for myself, but only, only to direct it to the source of light, to the source of love, to the source of our peace and joy, our Heavenly Father. Take a moment to pray, Lord, where is the darkness in my life that you want me to enlighten, that your light needs to go to? Help me bring that light. Help us bring that light. In you are every day becomes eternity. Thanks for listening to the Assumption Church Podcast. To listen to more episodes, connect with us in our community, or join us for worship, please visit assumptionsyr.org. Light up.